as leaders, and especially the female leaders, we're always pressured to draw on our masculine side and to always be on the go. In today's episode, we'll talk about how to increase our energy and productivity by ten times simply by tapping into our feminine side. Private practice owners, are you ready to rewrite the rules for your practice so you can have more time off, a great team, and more income while delivering better patient care? Then. You are in the right place. Welcome to the Providers Edge podcast. I'm your host Sabrina Rompak. I'm a provider, an international peak performance keynote speaker, and a best-selling author. My guests and I help providers like you control your practice, control your life, control your future. This is your defining moment to be a disruptor in healthcare. And we can still be powerful in our career and passionate in our own life, but we are focusing on the people who have stepped outside their boundary, leaving the safety net of being an employee, and created their own private practice and growing into their own vision and mission and cause to serving our community. And today, what we're talking about is that feminine. Energy. Now we know both men and female can have feminine energy. Do you know what are some of those things that you embody, and do you know how to leverage their power? As CEOs, especially females, we tend to exhibit more masculine traits as we're competing in this exhausting type of environment where we wanted to show up as experts. Yeah, we can really truly be powerful as a woman CEO. And create that ten times of growth with your feminine energy, and that's why we invited Melissa here. She is the go-to intimacy expert for business women who helps powerful CEO women use their feminine energy as a ten-time growth strategy. And her clients are able to produce more while doing less by mastering their feminine CEO. So. Stay tuned until we have this amazing discussion. And thanks, Melissa, for being here. Hi, thank you. I'm so excited to have this discussion with you today, Sabrina. Yes, and I know you came from a really interesting story as how you blossomed into your position today, and also helping women in these tough environments、um, to not just continue to fight against ourselves, but Really tap into who we are. So I、uh, would love for you to share a little bit more about your background. How did you get here? Yeah, you know, I think that my passion for supporting women to experience deep fulfillment actually started before I was born, because my ancestry line, particularly my female lineage, is full of stories of women like many of us, right? Women who were disempowered. Who were subject to all kinds of horrible conditions in life that they were expected to just be happy with and deal with, and they did, and they did it like really well. Good girl syndrome is a real thing, right? It's like, and so I look, I look at those ancestors, and I think from a very young age, I felt like there has to be more. 
then staying small and meek and quiet and faithful and good and completely miserable on the inside. And so throughout my life, as different circumstances have come in and out of my life, there's always been that fire, uh, which I think many of us in our generation can relate to of like, oh, no, 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 no. I'm not going to do this the way not to dishonor them, actually to empower them and to tell them like, I will do this in ways that you couldn't do this. And so, uh, and so seeing that one of the major things that I began to see over and over. As business women, we often find ourselves in the public eye where we are subject to judgment and criticism. It can be easy to become bogged down by these negative opinions. But it's important to remember that they are often rooted in misogynist and outdated ways of thinking. By supporting each other and cultivating a sense of sisterhood, we can rise above these negative forces and create a more positive future for all women. We must also remember to nurture our feminine energy, which is so often seen as a weakness. In reality, it is the very energy that gave us the strength to preserve in the face of adversity. When we come together and embrace our femininity, we are unstoppable. As a businesswoman, do you feel the weight of the world on your shoulders? It's time to search within and be, as opposed to distracting yourself with another task. If you liked today's episode, please share with your friends and colleagues who are also healthcare leaders. They will appreciate you for thinking of their well-being. Now, let's get back to the rest of our exciting show. When I opened my practice is, is business women and how, um, you know, it's almost like the higher steps we take into our own success and our own impact that we're making in the world, the more we are put into the public eye as a target for judgment and condemnation. And all of a sudden, everyone has opinions about how we're running our life and how we're doing things right or wrong, good or bad. And because those societal misogynistic ways of seeing women actually are still very existent. And it's not men against women. It's actually a whole societal construct that has affected our men as well as our women. So, uh, so that's where my passion really comes from in supporting, supporting women in a deep level, even with their intimacy, even with their feminine energy, with these parts of ourselves that we have felt we have to push away because we've had to be so tough out here in this world. So well said. I definitely relate to you what you're saying. It's a societal thing is something that connect to all of us. It doesn't matter what gender we play or what sexuality we end up picking. It's our own preferences. Yet how we are showing up in the world tend to be judged whether you're a mom or not, whether you wanted to be a career woman and have no child. That shouldn't have been affected by anybody else's opinion. However, as women, and you get married or you're in a relationship, the next immediate thing is when do you get married? Once you get married, somehow it's just immediately when do you have a kid? And somehow that is the only expected and only happiness that by societal moments, that's what people 
want to hear, expected you to do.、Mm -hmm. And then for many people who are on the spectrum of actually, I want to live and have a career, and that satisfy me. That's who I am. Versus those、uh, to say, hey, I can be a mom, and as well as、uh, running my practice, have seeing my patients, being that provider in my community. I can have both. Right? It's our choices to make those decisions to be there,、mm -hmm. but it doesn't have to be taking away to say I am fighting against、um, so many different barriers. I think that's a super crucial topic to even talk about, like any moment of our life.、Mm -hmm. It's it just that this moment now, especially with COVID pandemic, when there's a indeed study shown that about ninety five percent people who quit their job. Have said, this is a time that they realized they have to do something more meaningful in their life, more purposeful driven,、mm -hmm. and it definitely make us think more about where we headed, why are we being here right now, and then how are we presenting ourselves. So, how do you suggest people to, to even go about that, like to really tapping into what that feminine energy even is? Well, there's a lot of confusion out there about it, and I would say now、um, we have unique pressures on women because it is more socially acceptable that a woman would have a career as well as a family, and yet the the pressures have shifted in such a way that it's like, yeah, you should have that all, and you should do everything. So we find ourselves in this position of being stretched so thin, right? It's like, okay, well, I'm. Full time, I'm running my own business. I have,、uh, you know, all these employees and team members to answer to, and then I get home. I'm in charge of the housekeeping. I'm in charge of the kids', uh, you know, schedules and signing the teachers' forms and whatever. I'm in charge of, you know, the the meals and the the pressures have kind of changed, right? Because then it's like. Oh, she has a housekeeper. Why can't she just do her own housekeeping? Or oh, she right? Or for or for someone like you, Sabrina, where it's like, oh, she's not. She doesn't have a family yet. Like, it's just crazy. So I think that it's so important that we have these conversations, and that's like the first step, right? Is really even asking ourselves, particularly as women. What have I adopted from parents, from church, etc., from my whole upbringing about what it means to be a good woman? And this might seem like some trivial, like oh, we've had these conversations, like we're past this. But no, when I work with my clients, these are the ones that are the most deeply ingrained that we don't even realize we're still doing, and it can come from things that your mother did. Can also come from things that your mother didn't do, right? About what it means to be a good woman, and I use that phrase in particular because it's so morally charged, right? <laughs> like, like if you're not doing those good things, then therefore you're bad. And we literally, on an unconscious level, are saying those things to ourselves. So it's taking some of those, looking at those things, and then being able to ask ourselves: Wait, is that still how I want to operate in my life? Right. For example, one of my clients is、uh, owns a, a real estate brokerage, and she has come up against time and time again this belief that to be a good woman, she needs to be a caretaker of everyone around her. Right. So as she is running her team and her and her agents are coming to her and things, it's like I have to really caretake for these people. 
So when we first started working together, she was exhausted and so burnt out. And you know, that creates some deep resentment, right? When everybody is turning to you, they want to just like take and take and take everything from you, right? Even though she's friggin' good at it, it's like, you know, it became self-sacrificing. That's another very common thing for women is we have to be completely self-sacrificing. So as we started doing this work together and we started just asking her what she wanted, who did she feel was the best version of her? And what it meant for her version of a good woman or even drop the good. Like, what's the true nature of you and your most powerful version of yourself? And it actually, it actually was not that. As she started to pull away, it was a little scary, right? Because everyone around her was like, why aren't you checking in on me like 24-7? And why aren't you like, you know, taking care of all, all my little needs, every little thing, Right. But then on the flip side, she started to see agents become more self-reliant, more self-sufficient, more self-motivated, more innovative, more visionary, because she was no longer right there being everything for them. So there's some real big benefits, even just in the business world, to looking at um, and carving out space for who we believe we're meant to be. Doing that work matters. Right. And then what you're talking about is matches what I typically tell my clients in a way in healthcare is the same thing. We have to really truly find freedom and that freedom is only can be created by, yes, your strength, right? In your client's example, she's so good at solving other people's problems. But if we're too good at solving everybody's problem, uh, especially in healthcare, we already came into the career to say, I want to help people. And somehow in that speaking in that exact words, actually we're feeding ourselves that language in the back of our head, right? Our subconsciousness, I have to help. And then it becomes no matter what I have to help, but that actually become a disinterest that actually drag us down, killing ourselves from building that excitement and momentum to keep going. So it, instead of what does that mean to have that true strength and desire that you can actually go into that higher level of functionality, right? As you, what you ask her is, who are you, right? As women, not even have the good in front of it, right? And for us, it's who are you as a person, as a woman, as um, even a man, uh, mm-hmm. without attaching a title of a provider, a doctor, or wh- whatever title you have assigned mm-hmm. to yourself. You're not just those titles. You are who you are. So if, if we can really go into that desire, that strength part, and also not get swayed by the distractions, right? The things where like, mm-hmm. oh, this seems to be great. That should help me, right? The should could it's not definitive. It has to be something that's so clear to you. And then you know it's who you are. And I think that's a very crucial point that you brought out. So how do people actually figure out what are the things that they embody that are feminine energy versus more masculine? When we talk about feminine energy and masculine energy, we're referring to an ancient concepts that have existed for thousands of years. Essentially, yin represents the feminine principle of being, while yang represents the masculine principle of getting into action. In our society, we tend to live in masculine-oriented world. This is apparent from a young age. We're encouraged to be focused and driven and congratulated for our accomplishments and progress. 
the feminine side of this equation is often neglected and frowned upon. Feminine energy is associated with qualities such as receptivity, intuition, compassion, and connection. In order to create a more balanced society, it is important to learn to embrace both sides of this equation. When we can do this, we can tap into a more creative and holistic way of being. Well, I love that question, and the first thing I want to do there is define what is feminine energy, what is masculine energy, what the crap are we talking about here? A better way to sort of easily frame this is to take gender out of it, and it's yin is feminine and yang is masculine. So we're talking about ancient principles that have existed, you know, for thousands of years here. And the thing is, is we live in a uh, masculine or yang heralded society. And the way that we can tell is that from the get-go, right, from the moment we opened our eyes, we were praised for what we could accomplish, what we could achieve, um, how driven and focused we were for the progress that we could make, and really nothing else, right? So the yin side of that, right, if we're looking, this is like a polarity equation, right? Just like you would have a positive and a negative charge, there's always going to be those pieces to balance out. But no one ever told you as a kid, like, I'm so glad that you're taking this time to rest, (laughs) right? (laughs) Or, you know, wow, just the way that you be is enough, you know, I value you simply because you exist, right? This is some of the yin energy. It's, it's a being rather than always feeling like we have to do, do, do. And I think that this conversation for healthcare providers and owners of practices is so vital because just the very nature of your work is masculine energy and it requires you to drum up a lot of masculine energy. And that's simply a fact. You can't just float through your day, right? But there are some um, some key ways to support the uh, bringing out and drumming out of more feminine energy. So uh, the way that I like to look at this is like a riverbed where the riverbed itself is masculine energy. It's yang energy, right? It's the container. It's strong. It's secure. It's got a focus. It's It knows where it's going. And then the water that flows through the riverbed is that yin or feminine energy. And if we can build our lives in such a way where there's enough structures in place, then we can be the water that flows through, right? So, you know, things like being very scheduled and structured and things like this are very supportive for you to then relax and let go and go, okay, now I can just go with the flow through my day. Um, Making sure that you have the right supports in place in terms of teammates and things like that, right? So you're not having to um, be dammed up, uh, if we're using this riverbed analogy, by like, you know, um, cancellations or or various different things, you know, Uh, you've got systems in place for people to take care of those things so that you can still be in that flow. Um, And I think that that is more crucial for healthcare providers than maybe any other industry out there. 
Right. And it's such a key point. Like when I talk about efficiency, right, this whole podcast is about efficiency, gaining personal efficiency and practice efficiency. And really then we can optimize everybody around us. We can create synergy and that needs to be done by creating systems for things that won't change. Right. If you have something in place, then it will just run itself. And then we can change the human touch part, right? That's what gave us the excitement. That's what gave us the drive to go to the next level. And because the mundane things is taken care of, and now we can think about what are these systems we need to put in place? Is that when patients come to us initially, how do we even talk to them? Or is that during the process of us discussing the treatment plans and to the final point for them to really trust you enough to say, yes, let's do it. And then also aftercare, right? When we don't see them, how are they actually doing their own help and need? And all those touch point can be systemized if we actually put in the time Right in the beginning, it might be a little hurdle to see what fit into your personality, your practice, uh, the talents of among the A players that you created, and also understand not everyone is gonna be A players for your team, and they might be A players somewhere else. And so it's okay to also let those people go as well. So all these systems uh, can be really helpful, just like what Melissa said. We first have to figure out. What are these some things we can even put in place to decrease all that stress? And that's mm-hmm. such a great point. And then in that, once you have those, then the then the work literally becomes internal. And it's more about your perspective than it is about what's happening around you, right? It's the ability to show up and say, oh, I don't have to be worried. I don't have to do a bunch of like advanced preparation. I already know what I need to know in order to take care of whatever needs to be taken care of in this day. Um, And then I would add a huge and very vital uh, key to accessing more of our feminine energy is creating, being very efficient and strategic about creating space, space in our lives. So in a, in a real um, kind of metaphysical way, if you just look around the room that you're in right now, you notice what you see. You only see the objects in the room. You No one's eye ever goes to the empty space between the objects, right? Like we're just not trained to value space. We have never, that's not in the realm of what we think about at all. But in this space in between, particularly when we talk about our lives, even in the space between each breath, there's opportunity to pause and recenter and go back and tap into the truth of who you really are, right? I think um, I think back in like olden times when we were just living like hunter gatherers and how much quiet and space there probably was for humans, right? To just um, be in nature, to just focus on the present moment. But we don't live in that kind of, um, kind of, you know, environment. We have to create those spaces. And there's a lot of uh, really neat studies and things that have been done about the space that we give ourselves. So meditation is one strategy, right, to create that space. But it's not the only strategy. I personally don't love scheduling a 
meditation at a certain time every day. I just, I just don't like to be that, um, that scheduled, especially with my free time, but it's little things like pausing between each patient and noticing your breath, doing mindfulness things like feeling the feeling of your, um, that your feet in your shoes, taking time to be outside every day, taking time to listen within. And another great way is actually listening to our own internal discomfort. So often when we operate in only yang or masculine energy, we completely ignore, uh, we're like living NECA only. So we, we're all in our head, but there's all these messages happening in our body, right? Like you might get tight shoulders because something made you uncomfortable or your, your stomach is growling. You didn't even notice how hungry you were, right? Or, <laughs> or other discomforts like, wow, someone just said something and it triggered me. And, you know, it's like, I don't even have time to consider that. So I may not even realize that that triggered me until like the weekend, right? <laughs> Right. And then that's the crucial thing is that we stop listening to ourself yes. and then we, our body actually knows better. But when we're just keep going and we give ourselves the excuse of, well, I still have five more patients to see this. The day is almost ending, right? Where I'm so backed up, people are late. And it seems like we always have to make up some kind of excuse just to keep going and not let us stop. And that's one thing when Melissa was saying, oh, some people can't fit in meditation. Correct. Not everybody can have 10, 20 minutes just like going to a quiet place and do all that. And that's why I promote these two minutes mental vacation, right? You can do whatever for that two minutes. And uh, the mindfulness can just be, I grab a coffee, I feel the warmness, I smell the coffee aroma, right? Even just notice these touch point of mm-hmm. your uh, sensory, your olfactory, right? Your visualization of how like this swirling around of the spoon, all of that takes you away from the chaos that no matter we created or the environment mm-hmm. created. And that sets up into a better place. And instead mm-hmm. of, uh, good point, right, Melissa, you're like, hours, days later, you're like, oh, should I have said that? Oh, maybe I could have done that, right? And then we start <laughs> yeah. judging ourselves instead of saying, actually, the day is pretty good. If I've seen 20 yeah. patients, that's amazing, right? If I'm running around doing surgery, doing all this, right, procedures, and then what? We just like bend down, hunch over. Just I definitely know myself. When I was much younger, right, when I just started, when you come out of grad school, that was hours of hedge over, right? Like writing exam papers, all that stuff. And then going to real life and surgery, you're so tense. You're like, oh my gosh, people's lives in my hand, right? And you, you create this anxiety. And that's why I remember I was going to acupuncture, chiropractic, massage therapy. I mean, all this consistently, not to say I don't do it now. I still consistently do them, but now it's really, I just need a reset. I don't wait until I have pain to do these. I'm doing it for myself, right? Like, Mm -hmm. and I'm not waiting for the right moment to actually Mm -hmm. allow myself to get to the better place. And I think all of us need to see that it's not just about putting oxygen mask on first, it's that on a daily basis, what can we do for mm-hmm. ourselves and not give excuse of, I just have too much to do. I just have too many things I need to get done. 
right? Like, because we all know when we make a goal, we're so good at hitting that goal. But right after that, that happiness achievement of finishing that goal don't last that long. And we already have 10 other goals that we set, right? It's always a moving target. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and and this is where, and if, if you don't mind that we go to this place, I do a lot of work around intimacy. And this whole conversation is so pertinent to intimacy because being so out of balance in our yang or masculine energy um, is an automatic shutdown to our sex drive. All of a sudden we're looking at our relationships, whether it be sex or whether it just be like connection and time spent together, right? As like a checklist to do item that we don't have time for. Um, and, and so doing this kind of, this kind of work, uh, for ourselves also sets us up in a position to be more open and receptive to the relationships in our lives, which can be a major source of fulfillment. In today's episode, we discuss the pressure and challenges placed upon female leaders and how finding the right balance of getting into action and being is the real key to productivity and success. If you listened all the way to the end of this episode, I would suggest looking within to see how you can bring your masculine and feminine sides into harmony. To recap, number one, no matter how good your intention is or how much something makes sense at the time, the extreme of anything is too much. For providers, you got into this profession to help people. But when you allow that drive to define your identity, that's when you are unable to separate yourself from your work. That's when you truly are in danger of losing yourself. Or when you are always on the go without ever taking any time to slow down to reflect, then you're going to feel drained and exhausted. There has to be a good balance in everything you do. I call that a harmony cycle. Number two, masculine and feminine energy has nothing to do with sexual orientation or preferences. Each person on this planet Earth has both. The masculine, also known as yang, is known as the energy of action. This is what you most commonly see in female leaders who are always running from one place to another. The feminine, also known as yin, is the energy of being. When you take a mental break and check in with your gut, that is the true feminine energy rising to the surface to be happy and full of energy. You need to have a good balance of both. Number three, slowing down and checking in with yourself is beneficial for your health and your business. When you connect with your intention on a daily basis, you're better able to see where you are with your goals. What can be cut out of your schedule and what if any solution can get you there even faster. Number four, one early detector your masculine and feminine energies are off balance is when you no longer feel excited about your practice, which started because you loved helping people, or perhaps you start losing the aim in life. The moment you don't have that drive anymore, 
check in with yourself and redirect. Number five, setting boundaries around your personal time and energy is one of the best ways to stay in harmony with your masculine and feminine energies. This means protecting your personal time when you're off hours. Say no more often, and be firm with protecting what you do and do not want to do. So, if we're running our lives and we're and we're desiring deeper fulfillment, this is the key. It's first to begin to allow some feminine energy into your life and and find that true divine expression, your natural expression of what that is. And then, you know, there is some more space and openness for you to be um, curious about pleasure and curious about um, your partner and and what makes them tick and, and be able to notice the nuances of your children, their freckles and how they got so excited about some silly little like thing that they found a little bug or whatever it is, right? Like the magic of life comes back when we give ourselves some of this breathing space. And uh, the thing about this is that we cannot wait for others to give us this permission or give us this space because it will never come. You know, I think we all know people who just work themselves straight to the grave, right? The only person who will advocate for this for you is you. And once you define where that flow is, like you've done so beautifully in your life, Sabrina, once you really define that space, everyone just knows that's how you operate. They just respect you for it. Right. That's about boundary. When you talk about space initially, I think all of us can relate. When you go to a house, the house has higher ceiling or the cathedral, you automatically feel lifted, right? Lighter. It's like, wow. And you actually notice that space. Yes, our eyes might be capturing, uh, if you're in a cathedral, these special window, right? And the sculptures and same thing at a house. Yes, maybe your your eyes are going to those big open window. However, you're actually, yes, that's what your eyes seeing, but what you're feeling is that space that's created, allowing you to have the room to grow. And the same thing is, Actually, when we create boundary, that's giving us more space because we are now allowing people to push into this space of us, right? Like we we have so much room that we want and that I'm creating a bubble that's safety or happiness and then don't pop my own bubble, right? You go, go create your own bubble. And, and, and it can be hard at some time. And that's why it's okay just to say, I'm a human. This is my way. And then I honor my way. My way doesn't have to look at and the same or similar to all these people I look up to. I just have to find my own natural path and the desire zone that we all continues to talk about. So for all the speakers on the show, I love it. They have so much amazing knowledge. We can't even fit it for a half hour. But we also know we have different area of our life that we continue to work on. It's not to say we need to be 10 out of 10 in everything, right? That's right. Why, why being a perfect human is not exciting anymore. And so, mm-hmm. uh, Melissa, do you remember when you look at those 10 categories, what are something that jump up? Uh, in your life? Uh, 10 categories of life. Yeah. Mm. Uh, that jump out in the sense of what? 
sense of when are you surprised in some areas that you feel like, hey, I'm very strong in, but maybe I actually are not connected the same way that I thought or, oh, these are area that I'm always go back to because I know these are my core foundation. I love the, um, the analogy of the wheel because it's like, to me, it's a day by day evaluating and looking at that and, and, uh, and kind of going, oh, okay, can the wheel roll though? But can the wheel roll? I recently had a, um, a big, to be vulnerable. I had a big like, aha around, I decided to download the steps app finally onto my phone that tracks your steps. I have resisted all this time because I've been like, I don't want my phone telling me my steps. And it's been like five days. And I was like, oh, this is a big wake up call. Like I'm not taking very many steps in these last several days. A couple of times I just didn't take my phone with me, but I was like, oh, okay. Like there's some room here. And I think that it's, it, you know, that that's been the case for me always is, uh, just seeing, can the wheel roll? Um, there are times when I get so passionate in a project in my business that like, I want to work on it all the time. And then I kind of go, Oh, like this, this child, so I have four kids, this child's looking a little sad. Like maybe they need a little more attention here or there, you know? And so, and so again, we just go back and reevaluate. It's a day by day thing. Correct. It's totally a day by day thing. And I so appreciate you sharing with us uh, that part of like even tracking our step, right? I, I have my Fitbit on me usually all the time and sometimes even to sleep, like just to see the quality to actually get to where I need to go or at least like uh, average, hit average, right? And, and to, to really think about different ways that I can even put my body into the right place too. Um, I so appreciate you. I'm sure people is going to want to talk to you more about how to redefining and tap more into that feminine side of them so they can be even more powerful as a provider, as a leader for them team and running their practice as an entrepreneur. So how can they reach out to you the best? Yeah, absolutely. So of course I'm on Facebook and LinkedIn, but I also, um, you can go to my website at www.melissakeenan.com, which is M-E-L-I-S-A-K-E-E-N-A-N.com. And, um, and there you'll find, I have a couple of free resources and I also run an interview series called Chronicles of the High Powered Female CEO, where I interview seven plus figure business women. So, um, maybe pertinent to your audience as well to go check that out. Awesome. Yes. I so appreciate you for all the free resources and all the amazing conversation we had today. And for everybody else, uh, we, uh, this, actually this Sunday, we have our healthcare disruptor think tank that's happening at 5 p.m. Eastern and uh, virtually and it's limited for 30 participants where we come together with a purpose to collaborate because we all know uh, if you want to go far, you can go alone. If you get really truly join power with other people, then you can create the shortest distance to get to where you need to go because we can compound on each other's time, resources, and their network as well. So come join us at sabrinarumbach.com forward slash community. Thank you for listening to today's episode. You're listening to me right now. Odds are you're frustrated by how healthcare practices are running today. I'm with you. 
I'm looking to change the conversation that we're having in this field. It starts with me, and it starts with you. I want to connect with you and get to know your own struggle or challenges within the healthcare industry. Visit sabrinarombach.com/connect, where you are going to find all of my social media platforms. Feel free to send me a direct message. If you like me, prefer speaking, then you can record a voice message on the page. So come to sabrinarombach.com/connect. And let's continue the conversation. Hi, my name is Dr. Allison Lazo Pacheco, and I just finished my six weeks with Sabrina not too long ago. So um, I feel that my experience is really, really unique because I started with Sabrina when I was still finishing up chiropractic school, and have gone through it during my break, and I'm now a practicing doctor. Or everything I've learned and she's taught has been applied at different. Levels and portions of my life, and I feel like I can continue to grow and develop these skills in the future. So come to sabrinarumbach.com/connect, and let's continue the conversation.